Hey there, podcast. Uh, this is your host Joshua B. Kirkman, recording with a with with influenza, but uh, getting it done from an Airbnb in Antofagasta, Chile. Uh, I got had a bit of a call from someone saying, "Where's all the podcast episodes? I've burnt through all the, all of them. So when are you dropping some new ones?" And I was like, "Damn, I got to get on with this." So um, I've been holding off to get my voice right, but I thought, "Fuck it, let's just do it." So um, here's a podcast that was recorded in uh, in uh, Brazil, and it is a little different one. It's actually with Terry McKenna who's um, been involved for a long time with the APB and the sport in general and it certainly provides a different perspective on the sport and uh, a guy who you know he's certainly a guy that's played a big role in it so I hope you enjoy this one it's a little different and uh, stay tuned for more that should do it well we're back in Brazil for another Le Boogie podcast yeah Thank you to this guy for many things, for many things, but uh, we'll get through those as we go through this interview. But um, we're recording on the GoPro today, and this is a new experiment, so hopefully this one works out as well. So we'll see how that goes. But Terry McKenna, thank you for joining me for the Laboogie podcast. No worries. Pleasure. Thanks, mate. It's starting to develop a good following. <laughs> it is. It is. It's surprising. And, you know, as a radio guy yourself, you must be proud. I right? am proud. I'm proud. You know, I mean, I've, I've known this guy since he was, you know... <laughs> <sighs> Just a little, t- a little fella. So it's uh, very proud of what you're doing, man. Good Thanks, stuff, man. Yeah, Thanks. good job. Let's go back all the way there, though. Let's start there. Like, I mean, today uh, many people know you as the guy who uh, they probably know your voice as as much as they know your image. You know, some people yeah. probably even know your voice more than that from your radio work and stuff like that over the years and your your commentary and stuff. But you're the tour manager for the APB. Is that the technical word yeah, for it today? That, that's right. Yep. Yep. Tour manager. Cool. And uh, at this event in Interquachiara, you are the technical director for the APB. That's correct. Yes. So that's today. But let's go back, what, 20, 25 yeah, years? Probably. Like when, like you're a stand-up surfer originally, right? Like yeah. you had your own career there, right? You That's kind right. of dabbled in, in competition and things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I followed, uh, before it was the uh, WSL, it was the ASP. And prior to the ASP, it was the, um, of course, the uh, IPS, the uh, International Pro Surfing. So, yeah, right. Uh, you've got right. the uh, crazy little... Uh, yeah, you've got some Chileans and some Canarians yeah. fighting. <laughs> They're always Disculpe, fighting. disculpe. <laughs> Un poco silencio, por favor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. When it was the IPS back in, uh, but I guess around 84, 86, yeah, uh, yeah. 87, they were my years. I followed the tour, did a few events, made it up to about 69, I think, on the rankings, which is you ironic love number. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, I was never the greatest surfer, but I think I was a pretty good strategist when it came to uh, competition surfing. Yep. So uh, that was probably my strong point. Surfing, I was okay, but um, yeah. It was more about uh, comp- you had to always, get through some heat. Exactly, I was always interested in competition. I'm pretty competitive by nature, mm. and yeah, so that's where it all started, man. But um, yeah, and uh, and it's been a long journey from from then till now. Well, let's like step into that, like that, because there's obviously a point where you either said bodyboarding's all right, I might pay attention to that, or like how did your transition into that and did you lose any friends in the transition <laughs> no not at all <laughs> um you know i've always really respected bodyboarding first and foremost i think it's a great way to ride waves mm. to tell you the truth if i maybe maybe if i had it all over again maybe i'll be a bodyboarder i think it's a, a cool way to ride waves and i've yeah, always right. had a lot of respect these guys find all the heaviest waves in the world 
Um, so for me, all forms of wave riding. You know, I, I do commentary for the longboarders and the sups, and yeah. doesn't bother me. People riding waves, just the main thing, yeah. having fun. But it all started, Josh, when I got a job with uh, Cooter Lions Clothing. Yes. yes. And that was the beginning of my involvement with bodyboarding. And so we had an incredible team back there, yeah. uh, way back in the day. Uh, Cooter Lions, a clothing company in Australia, they didn't have enough money to buy the big surfers, but we yeah. did have enough money to pay guys like uh, Joel Taylor and Matt Riley yeah, and yeah, Todd DeGraff yeah. and, oh my God, the list just goes on. Andrew Lester, Kira Llewellyn, yeah. um, right back to Luke Berman and the early days of bodyboarding and the Ad, Adam and Ash Murray. And, Sick. you know, the list just goes on and on. It's like shout-out list from, of shout-out lists yeah, right there. absolutely. Any one of those people watching. Yeah. I think Matt Riley actually tunes into these, so Leo, big shout-out to Yeah, Chops, how are you, mate? We, had, we shared some great uh, times <laughs> together. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard that nickname in a while, though. Yeah, so, cool. um, yeah, we, uh, so that's where it all began. I guess I went to a bodyboarding contest uh, once and the commentator didn't turn up and I had been doing stand-up commentary and they said to me, hey, do you want to um, fill in? And I went, oh, I don't know how to say all the news. Yeah, and they said, no worry, get on the mic. And boom, that was it. I was next minute, I was the commentator <laughs> for bodyboarding. Of course, your dad back then was running yeah, the, uh, yeah. the GAB Australasia, the mm. uh, Aussie tour. And One of the worst acronyms ever come up with, I reckon. Yes, absolutely. Gob. Yeah, I know. It didn't sound How good. How is that ever going to work out? No, I, I know. There was, uh, that was always going <laughs> to No offence to whoever came up with that great idea. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so I, I chugged around on the Aussie tour doing a commentary when, yeah. when your father was running it. Um, and then uh, I went to, I remember the Australian titles in Tasmania. Yes. And um, we had a great contest down there. And um, I, I just happened to be at the AGM. I was uh, on the committee for mm. uh, the association, and um, your, your, your dad said that he was, uh, you know, ready to resign. And he um, he, he uh, said, "How about Terry? We um, give Terry an, op an opportunity yeah. to take over as the general manager of the association." And then I started running. Just keep going. It's cool. Yeah. Then I started running. <laughs> um, started running the uh, uh, GAB Australasia. We trans uh, transcended into IBA Australasia, and then uh, picked up Rebel Sport. Put on a couple of good years of the tour. Yeah. I got a call from Mike Stewart one time, uh, walking down the street in Newcastle, and he goes, Terry. And I said, Yeah, he goes, Mike Stewart. And I'm like, Hey, Mike Stewart, how you doing? <laughs> and he goes, uh, We're at uh, Waimira, and we've got the uh, AGM happening, and your name's come up, and uh, we're interested, like you're doing good things in Australia. We're interested in seeing if you'd like to be involved yeah, in, right. uh, in the world tour. And I said, As long as it's probably not going to affect what I'm doing over here, I'm happy to help out. And yep. boom, seven years as the, uh, as the GM of IBA. Mm. Um, and uh, took it right to, took me right through to sort of uh, 2012 midway towards the end of 2012. So mm. yeah, I had a great time. Um, we were really proud of the, what we did with the IBA. Mm. Um, obviously, we were just kicking it in 2011 and 12 with the investment and. Um, yeah, unfortunately that uh, fell over, as we all know. Well, this is a question that comes up like a lot and, and we'll get to, like, I, I particularly want to get to the kind of, I like, I don't want to dwell on the negatives of any story because the next step after that, the bit we're about to talk about now is like this, the renaissance, sure. you know, the rebirth of everything and the, and the kind of the journey that's got us to here today. But, you know, what, what went down there? What, what exactly went wrong? Because it's a question a lot of people yeah, ask. Yeah, sure. There. Absolutely. And I was reluctant to speak about it for a long time after I... Mm. Yeah, I was reluctant to speak about it for a long time after it happened because yeah. uh, I, I left bodyboarding and got a job with the KSP, the Kite Surf World Tour. So I worked for those guys. As I remember this moment. Yeah, I went, I went, I went and worked in, uh, went and hung out in Maui for three months and got to know the industry and did yeah. 12 months with those guys, which was really interesting. Yeah. And I felt like I helped uh, them make a transition. They're in a worse position than we are in bodyboarding. Yeah, sure, sure. And it's three or $4,000 to buy a kite setup. So I yeah, thought that they'd have money. Man. You know, so, but, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, not all surf sports are doing fantastic. But nah. 
Uh, yeah, back to the moment, I guess what happened was I was approached by an investment group in Australia originally in about 2000, early 2010. They said, we've got um, $3 million that we'd like to invest into the sport. Yeah. Uh, after several meetings and meetings with the riders, we signed a deal and uh, basically handed uh, the non-profit association and the World Tour rights over to a company that they formed called IBA Proprietary Limited, yep. which was headed up by a, 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 um, a man who was the, the investment group manager, I guess. Yeah, the lead of those yes, people. Yes, that's yeah. right. So anyway, uh, we worked out pretty well in 2011. I thought the product that we had was amazing. Look, mm. back then, you tell you the truth, the ASP was really going down mm. and we were really going up. Yeah. And uh, if we hadn't lost that momentum and had the problem that we had in the end, I'd just dream about where we'd be these days, yeah, to tell you yeah, the truth, because yeah. we all lost our careers. I lost my career. You guys lost an amazing tour yeah. and, uh, you know, break the hearts of bodyboarders worldwide. So I was yeah. pretty sad. But I guess uh, in the end, I noticed that there were some um, things that weren't really adding up. Uh, we had a, a steering committee of a group of guys. It was uh, me and Jeff and Mike and a bunch of other people uh, that would report to the um, to the investors and tell them in what direction that we wanted to the sport to go in. Uh, I called the, uh, the the committee together in uh, for a meeting in um, Zicatella in Mexico. Yeah. And I'd uh, over a year and a half, I'd log 36 different breaches of the contract. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, so then I, I brought that to their attention. Um, some of the people at that uh, meeting really astounded me by saying, just look the other way, the tour's going really good. I said, if we don't keep an eye on what's happening, then we all could lose our jobs. And mm. in fact, in fact, that's exactly what happened. Um, the, I, I went back to Australia, had a bit of a fallout with the guy who was managing the thing, uh, and I left and went to the KSP. Mm. Uh, and then the rest is history. Um, of course, Alex took my position. Um, and not long after that, the investors um, went in, had did some uh, number crunching, found out that there was some money missing, and they basically froze all the assets to the IBA. Mm. Uh, at that point, I mean, we had 11 million, nearly 12 million uh, views on our YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, we had like, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. The whole mm. thing was huge. In fact, way bigger than uh, the ASP or the surf, Pro Surf Tour at the time. So it was a real shame because, uh, you know, we were on the right track and, uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, and so, and that explains a little bit about why there's this kind of um, parallel existence of IBA assets online still, right? Like yes. you can still see YouTube stuff that has IBA attached right. to it. And, that, and the reason why none of that's been able to be, I guess, um, absorbed under the APB is yeah. because it's actually still owned by another company. Exactly. It's yeah. still owned by the investors. It actually came to me when I was working with the, uh, the KSP and said, hey, we want to sell the IBA assets back to you for oh, a right. $100,000. I went to Mike and Alex who were just um, thinking about what to do with the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, we spoke about it several times. We negotiated with the group, got it down to 30000 Wow. Yeah, US. And I thought it was actually worth spending thirty grand on, but we just didn't have $30,000. No, no, no. No, I mean, uh, we didn't have anything. We're a non-profit organization and we're representing people. What are, what are people. those assets exactly though? It's all of the old content, right? All the old is content. Is it hard drives of content as yeah, well? Television, like be... the television series that we yeah. made, which is pretty awesome. Right. Um, there's all the clips that were uh, made by um, by Seamus and the gang. Yeah, uh, Pete, yeah. Pete, Pete and all the guys. Um, exactly. From Snakes and Ladders, who did a really good job with the media at the time. Pete Moore. Yeah, Pete. Killed it, mate. <laughs> Miss you and Patty, that's for sure. But um, yeah, so everything kind of got frozen. And uh, I'm not exactly sure. It became a legal case. Yeah, um, sure. I tried to steer clear of the whole thing. I was hounded by uh, bodyboard uh, websites and uh, <laughs> magazines for like two years to try and tell this story. But I, I figured that it's best to um, just... I got it, though. Yeah, he's got a scoop on it. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it was best to um, leave it, you know, unsaid yeah, at course. that time. 
alone because I just thought, well, I don't want to get myself legally involved and mm. I really don't want to um, make it any worse than what it really is, mm. to tell you the truth. Yeah, so, sure. But it was, a, it was a really sad time. Uh, we were so sure. proud of what we created back then. And uh, at the end of the day, the boys just said, we're going to start a new association. I went, oh my goodness, after all the work that we've just done for 10 years to get that tour to where it is. Mm. And so they, uh, that was the beginning of the birth of uh, the APB. It rose out of the ashes of the IBA mm. with one guy on Facebook, two guys on Facebook, and here Heavy. we are today. Heavy. Yeah, yeah, so it's I been mean, a long road. Yeah, the, and the rebound is kind of important to, 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 to dwell on as well as the, the downfall of something. But, I mean, what do you think were the key, like without kind of diving too deep into the legal problems, and I don't want you to, you know, say anything that's going to, like, come back and bite you, but <laughs> what were some of the kind of key downfalls in, because, in, in, you know, it fell apart, obviously, but was it all stuff that was basically just out of everyone's control? Or, were there, yeah. or, or when you reflect back on the moment, are there any things that could have been done differently that might have saved? Not really. I just wish that maybe that I'd had that meeting a little earlier because by uh, the time that I'd logged uh, 36 breaches, yeah, it's, the, a few. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. Um, I mean, they were coming pretty rapid fire. I was yeah. logging down a couple of day at one stage. Yeah, right. Um, and I wasn't missing anything. I'm pretty observant when it yeah, comes yeah, to that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I spoke internally, you know, with, um, with the boys about it before calling a meeting. Um, yeah. And we didn't think that we thought that we might be able to um, to work it out, yep. to tell you the truth. But then uh, when it became a financial issue yeah. and there was uh, some um, you know some money missing and all that stuff, numbers not adding up. No, that's not. right. Then yeah. then it was impossible. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, the investors put their trust into one guy and we put our trust into one guy. Yeah. And unfortunately, that guy failed. So what do you reckon is one of the key learnings? Then don't trust one guy. Don't don't let one person control it. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably the key. I mean, back then the IBA was a non-profit organisation and yeah, right. it, people really owned it. Um, so I guess, um, you know, uh, if we ever do a deal again, and look, we're talking to people about the exact same thing. Yeah, that's been thing. the strategy again, right? Yeah, the strategy is uh, to try and, um, you know, do a, a you know joint venture with somebody yep. or um, to uh, team up with a media company or... Yep. Um, you know, get an investment group. Uh, we've learned a lot from that first time around. Yep. Uh, we've got all the contracts and everything from the original uh, deal, yeah. and we can uh, we can now tweak those those contracts to make sure that like we've got more uh, safeguards that are built into yeah. them. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, that's a cool little history lesson. I mean, I know a lot of people want to hear about that kind of mm. stuff, and and so those assets, the IBA assets, are probably still. For sale somewhere, right? Well, uh, I think they're just floating around. You know, the the general consensus at that time when we were looking at buying for thirty thousand dollars was the fact that the name had been pretty. Um, it was had, pretty strong, right? It was strong, but it had also been dirtied up a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the guys didn't want to go back there for. Look, there was a, a few um, a few places, maybe in. Um, I think in Puerto Rico, there was a few debts left there from, oh, uh, okay. from them. from the name and the Yeah, order. and then there was a few problems. Uh, $25,000 was owed to Surfing WA for a long oh, time. Okay. In fact, the APB had to try and pay some of that debt back for a long time. Jeez. Uh, although it wasn't even our debt, we just had to do it out of goodwill. Um, so, you know, there was um, it just, it was, uh, it was badly managed. And um, unfortunately, in the end, uh, like for instance, in Australia, we couldn't get government funding after the uh, South Coast Crusade mm. because they paid, you know, 50 grand or something to run the contest or to invest in the contest. 
and no one filled any paperwork out to send it back to the government. Right. And so they said, we're not going to touch bodyboarding. So that's why we didn't have a World Tour event in Australia for so long, to tell you the wow. truth. Only just recently did they have the trust in us, and it's a new association. We finally, after several meetings, um, got back in there, and we have a three-year contract for Kayama. And Which is um, great news. We should probably, I mean, uh, it's probably a team effort, but I think Alex Leon really did a lot of work on that. Oh, right? Alex is the man for that stuff. He's yeah. been incredible. And, you know, I came from a, I did a events and tourism, so I had a Cert four, and I was going on through a diploma when I got the job with the IBA. Okay. So I had some uh, some history of running contests and, and events, and I run some conferences and, uh, you know, book launches and stuff. So I was an events kind of guy. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I really yeah. love events. It's always uh, something different, different challenge every day. It's mm. not like going to, the, to work nine to five, the same gig. Mm. But when I left, Alex was effectively a crane driver, and they threw him into that position. And man, I'll tell you what, I'm so proud of Alex because yeah. Everything that he learned is self-taught, um, and uh, he has just done an incredible job. And he's, he's a, like he's a bodyboarder through and through. Yeah, totally. He loves the sport. Totally. Uh, he's always uh, been, uh, you know, let, let the guys feel like they've got some ownership on the whole thing yeah. and let them have a say in the whole thing as well. So, yeah, look, Alex is uh, responsible for all of that stuff with the government. That's what he does behind the scenes as the, as the CEO. Yeah. I'm more the foot soldier that's yep. uh, down here at the contest and making sure that everything adds up. Yep. That's cool. Big shout out to Alex Leon. You uh, recently engaged, also bun in the oven. Yes, got a little baby coming through <laughs> towards the end of the year. Maybe, hope it doesn't come through during the Kayama contest. Yeah, that's well, going to be a lot, just, big uh, month let's for it. put a lid on it for that one because you've got a job to do. <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, well, that's the history lesson of the organisational side of the sport. I mean, one thing, a question came to my mind though also, actually the reason why I was asking about the assets was because like if there's heaps of content, maybe we should crowdfund something to get all that content back. <laughs> It's probably worth five grand today, right? Probably. We could uh, maybe like. <laughs> when was the 30 grand offer done? Uh, that was years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Five, oh, it's like five, five grand today. Exactly. Yeah, maybe, cool. uh, maybe the investors are watching maybe, this maybe and you guys we'll want some that. cocktail, a cocktail party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can, that's uh, all we got. Yeah, that's right. But uh, it's uh, yeah, some cool stuff in there. I was speaking to Brahim the other day and a few other guys who were around at that time. Exactly as well, right. You know, and it did break the hearts and uh, dreams of a lot of kids, man. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it had a profound effect on the on the progression of the sport and the mm. momentum that we had at that time. Yeah. Uh, I always, uh, you know, always dream about if that didn't happen, where we'd be today. Yeah, but we're here. Yeah. We're in Brazil and we're trying to bloody finish a comp and we're going to get it finished. <laughs> we're going to get it finished. Another. Yeah, man. We've, we're gonna, we've got, got at least one really good day of surf, so we know so. that. And we can finish the contest in one day. We can press the whole thing. Yeah, so. mix it up. Yeah. Um, How's this? How's this GoPro? So the GoPro is failing us while I'm doing this. So we're going to be just getting snippets of the interview, folks. So I hope you are okay with that. Let's see here. So we're back recording again. Cool. We are back again. Um, one of the things, like you've had a really long engagement with bodyboarding over many, many generations of riders now. Who in all of that time, and you've been watching from a very specific vantage point, is there one rider that you've seen over your whole time that you were just thoroughly impressed by that really shines above all others? Oh, I mean, it goes without saying that Mike, obviously. We should pull Mike out of that equation. Okay, let's pull Mike out of yeah, the equation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, pull Mike out of the equation. Uh, shines above all others. Let me think now hard about this one. Because yeah. there's been, like you said, there's been different eras and yeah, different yeah, yeah. times. I mean, let me think of some of the landmark moments for bodyboarding for Yeah, me. let's do that. Yeah, I think... Bad um, question. 
Question rephrased by Tezza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Landmark moments. Landmark moments for me. Uh, I remember when we went down to El Confortale for the first time in Canary Islands. Okay. And Roberto, who was the promoter there at the time, God bless his soul because he passed away. He's uh, a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, but uh, he put on a contest that had a stage that looked like a U2 concert. Okay. The, the speakers were like 30 feet high right. and the stage was amazing and the wave was incredible. And uh, It's that a was, good venue for that kind of setup, oh right? My, that big flat platform. You bet, yeah. There, and yeah. the wave was just incredible. And Great I wave. remember the year that, um, I mean, I was there for a couple of world titles, Amores and uh, Yuri Valadeo, 2008. Um, but the, the real moment for me was the year that Mark, uh, Mark McCarthy uh, from South Africa was doing backflips out of the bowl at six foot confitale. Okay. And he was hitting parts of the wave that people were too scared to hit, like right. way back in the, right back in the pocket. Yeah, right. Like at, right as the lip was coming over, he was bursting out of that part of the wave. He wasn't going out to the safe zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the moves that he did on that day for me and everybody else just uh, took that to the next level. Cool. Um, I think uh, GT at Arika, of course, when he did that crazy roll into yeah. uh, to Marty's yeah. place, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, Amore Laverne with his uh, professionalism. Look, I mean, back to the original question, if there is one guy, I would say it's Amore. Okay. Amore, Amore really set, uh, set standards in so many in so many areas. Interesting. I mean, not just, with, um, not just with his bodyboarding and his professionalism, but also with his fitness. Mm. Because Amore, I think, was probably the first guy to really set the bar as far as fitness goes. And everyone yeah. looked at what Amore was doing and went, we have to do the same if we're going to uh -huh. compete against this guy. So that was a, a big one. And then, of course, he uh, released a book. Uh, he's got his, uh, uh, his academy. Yeah. He's really, he's really um, embraced the whole uh, bodybuilding as a lifestyle, and it's really worked for him. And he's, uh, on top of all of that, he's a lovely guy as well. Yeah. Shout out to Amori Laverne. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Already appeared on the podcast, and he had a lot to say. Always has a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's good. You know, he's a smart guy, man. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And he's passionate. Yeah, and, super. I mean, you probably, we, we, we hope to see him at Eureka this year. Yeah, I think that's, he's on the cards for that, right? Yeah, he's on the wild mm. card list for it, and I'm sure that he's going to get it as a former champion and the guy who just shines so bright there. Yeah. Um, and uh, as far as the uh, as far as women goes, I mean, way back, Kira Llewellyn was just so unbelievable. Yeah, and like, uh, it's funny you mention her because I obviously grew up with her in the, she was very much in the um, era that I originally grew up in bodyboarding and she never did get a world title, did she? Or she did? She got an ISA world title. She got an ISA, I do yeah. remember that. But I mean, she was on another level, yeah. right? Yeah, she could come back now and probably win a world title. Yeah, I do actually surfed, think that if she, she got in, got into it, really focused exactly. on it. Yeah, yeah, because she was. I do remember like her bodyboarding was just. It was kind of like it's one of those stupid things to say as a guy, mm. but she matched it with the guys. Absolutely. Like you know, like she was yeah. busting out of those she sections. Could surf, and she could have surfed in a guy's head. Exactly. Got through, yeah, uh, you know, she the definitely would have won. And there are women today who can do that as well. Yeah. But Kira was very much. Um, she really just. There was a difference to her surfing that yeah. really um, that really matched the standard that was happening in the pro men's, I guess sure. you could say. Yeah. Um, how did she leave the sport? I actually don't even know. Do you remember no, when her last really. foray was into Well, it? you know, um, I had her and Andrew uh, Lester were our two big guns at Coota Lines That's back right. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, both of them got bought by Billabong at the same time. Yeah. So they went off to Billabong and then I think what happened, two or three years of really good contracts with Billabong. Yeah. And then Billabong went for a different direction. Yeah. Um, and almost seemed like simultaneously all the big surf brands just dropped their bodyboarders at once. I mean, there was a rumour in innuendo that they all got together and said, this thing's getting too big. Yeah. And, if we don't want to uh, be bodyboarding companies, yeah. we better uh, we better stop supporting this. But I don't think that was the case. I just think it was uh, the volatility of the global economy. Uh, everything you know was changing at that time. And Do you think though on this question? Because I obviously I think about this question a lot. And as a guy who's ridden a surfboard a lot in my kind of 
my wilderness years away from bodyboarding. <laughs> That's a good term. Because <laughs> <laughs> I missed yeah. all this IBA stuff. I missed all this drama. Yeah, I would have loved did. it too. Yeah, I would have yeah. got you thick got in that teeth. political you got shit. Your teeth I, been, oh, yeah. I wish you were on the steering committee. I know, I know. I would have loved it. I would have, fuck this. Um, yeah, that would have been interesting. Probably, yeah. I would have been in jail by now, maybe. But, um, <laughs> but, but like, I actually think one of the problems in the surfing world is that you're like a un- you're like a unicorn in the surfing kind of archetype you know like you're terry mckenna you you kind of saw the bodyboarding you just believed it was cool on its own terms back in the day when that's why i asked did you lose any friends when yeah. you started to embrace bodyboarding because yeah. it may well have been the case that yeah. you might have lost friends if you had the wrong type of friends well uh, if they if they felt that way then they weren't really friends yeah exactly yeah, you know what i mean i didn't need them as friends but so. you do know that there is this stigma sure. from the surfing world when it comes to bodyboarding yeah there's this unshakable um belief that we're just an inferior yeah, the poor, cu- the poor cousin of surfing. Yeah, well, yeah. even worse than that. Yeah, in some, I, I in can some, get more you're derogatory very, than that. Yeah, yeah, you've been but really I, nice to You know what, I think that that's really, uh, is a really dying kind of a thing I now. think it is too. Yeah. But there was, but that that period when Billabong and, you know, we're talking about the big yeah, brands here, and they right. all left. Like, I mean, I actually feel like one of the problems might have been that there's just too many of those surfers who are holding those marketing positions yes. in a lot of these companies. Yeah. And they just can't get past this programming in their head sure. that that tells them that bodyboarding is this just inferior thing, and it just it's it's yeah. gay or it's for girls or it's yeah. you know the language that, yeah, that, yeah. that we've had to deal with. Like for me, I think that's been one of the problems. Yeah. Even though these guys are probably nice guys, yeah, and they probably don't even realise where this bias comes from. Yeah. There's just something deep in them from that that cultural, That's right. you know, DNA, and yeah. I, I don't know, but I do think it is passing us by. There are, you know, positive signs, but yeah, you know what? The, that attitude uh, cost uh, millions and uh, maybe billions of dollars for the surf industry because what they effectively did was uh, put those uh, people, those people, into key positions, and usually those guys had represented the company on the tour, and they said, "Hey, when you finish doing your job, we've got a, co- a cushy job for you in the art department or in marketing or whatever." Yeah. And a lot of these kids never really went to university. They weren't really trained for these positions. Yeah. They were thrown in the deep end, and they got a lot of pressure from the uh, from the management, and yeah. so uh, they made bad decisions and. And uh, those bad decisions led to the fact that, you know, Billabong and Quicksilver now being assumed by, uh, you know, a mother company that yeah, owns Tommy exactly. Hilfiger and all that stuff. And yeah, the failure's that, obvious. Yeah, and they're being sold in Macy's and department stores worldwide. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, things have changed. And I think that uh, they had they made some horrible decisions back yeah. then. I remember going to a Billabong. This is a funny story. I went to a Billabong AGM meeting when I was uh, with IBA Australasia. Flew uh-huh. up for the day. Went to the meeting. Um, I had small amount of shares, so I was allowed to go to the yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah. They said any questions, I put my hand up and said, Tez McKenna, uh, International Bodyboarding Association General Manager. And everyone's like, whoa, what's he got to say? I said, I just want to know why you guys don't support bodyboarding when uh, is a bodyboarding dollar the same as a stand-up dollar? I don't understand. Are these decisions being made because of the uh, because uh, people who make these decisions don't like bodyboarding? Or yeah. do you guys want to double your market? Or what's going on here? And oh my goodness, that was like God, throwing a bomb. That. that was throwing a bomb into the meeting. That's amazing. Yeah, people came to me afterwards and said, you're the gutsiest guy I've ever seen for saying something like that. But I, I went there specifically to ask one question. That's great. Yeah, and um, they said, they talked amongst themselves and they said, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We're going to speak about this at a board level. 
cool. That was the only answer I got, and I never heard back from yeah, him again. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty typical board. Oh, yeah, my goodness. That's a pretty typical yeah. age yeah, answer. Exactly. That's uh, Taz of the activist shareholder right there, getting <laughs> getting deep in there on behalf yeah. of bodyboarding. Yeah, I mean, in the end, though, I mean, I bought them for like, you know, $10.50, and they went went out for 27 cents yeah. or something. <laughs> and he no longer holds shares no. in any other companies as a result. Exactly. He's focused on other yeah, ways that, to make money. That's right. Um, that's really cool. That's really cool. And I think that's a super interesting kind of uh, approach to take, which obviously is completely out of the box for, for many of in the bodyboarding world. A lot of bodyboarders just kind of have accepted the fate that many of these brands don't support the sport and, and that's kind of that. Mm. Coming back to the, the what, what's the time, by the way? Because we've got to do a beach clean yeah, we at do. Um, 11, don't we? Yeah, it's 10.54, so we're going to oh, okay, wrap it up. Oh, okay, so we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up, but this has been really cool, and it's about the, the we're getting towards the, the nice time point. I want to always have minimum half-hour interviews because you um, listeners are sometimes impatient. <laughs> no, I love you, and that's great. What, who is the weirdest bodyboarder you've come across in your whole time of seeing <laughs> it. Just like a strange character. You're just like, well, yeah, he's cool, but he's yeah. different. I mean, like, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They kind of stood out in that way. Like, uh, They yeah. kind of went against the grain. I mean, Andre is, uh, is a classic because the yeah. guy's so incredibly talented. He's such a unique individual. I love the guy. He's like my brother. How you doing, man? Um, but, you know, I remember sitting in the bar with him and having a couple of beers and he was drawing, he's like a little drawer. He's like, scroll, like scribbles out yeah. you know, little waves and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah he was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, we had some great bodyboarders, but down under, you know, Troy Neves, who was a great bodyboarder, who was yeah. an interesting character. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, T. Stewart, you know, as was a real T. classic. Stewart. Yeah, Teethy. Um, uh, Nuggets, you know, of course, Nathan Purcell. How are you, champion? Hey, Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's it. I love this guy. No, like my too, brother. And one too. of the most, you know, I mean, he was making up moves, uh, trademark moves and stuff. Yeah, with his own. yeah, yeah. And he was totally. at a, really at the forefront of progressive riding. And, he of was. course, him and Forty, I mean, uh, were the Super Tour guys with, with your dad back yeah, in the day. Yeah, shout out, Forty. Yeah, Thanks, so, um, you know, it's been, a, it's been an interesting run, man. But uh, mm. I think for now, you know what, I think that um, the barometer's set and we're heading in the right direction. Um We've got a pretty strong tour. I mean, it could always be better. You know, I don't want people to really ever try and compare the uh, bodyboarding tour to the surfing tour. Yeah, you know, it's, those a guys, it's, they, a, it's a terrible thing it's to a, do. It's, you're only destined to fail if you do yeah. that. Just embrace this sport for mm. what it is and, and, and who you are. Um, I think that, um, you know, the, the surfing guys got a $200 million gift from Dirk, the uh, oil Texan, and they mm. gave him another $50 million and they're almost out, of, completely out of that money. Yep. So, um, you know, and with all that money, we're still beating those guys at their own game when it comes to numbers on Facebook and stuff, and we're running on the smell of an oily rag. Mm. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, I, I think Alex has done a great job. We've got a really good team, um, great bunch of promoters, some fantastic riders, some new people coming through, mm. and uh, the future looks pretty bright. I reckon that's a terribly good way to finish um, this uh, podcast. Thank you, Tazza. Thank you for all of your efforts over no a really long, you know, engagement with the sport. And I think that, um, you know, it's a it's a really good way to finish it. You know, like we, we run our own race. Bodyboarding's always run its own race. And mm. um, it's always relied on really cool individuals like yourself stepping in and taking on the burden when it needs to be taken on. And sure doing your best, yeah. that's all we can do. Thank you, mate, and thank you everyone out there for uh, giving me the journey, it's been awesome. Great, I'm gonna hit stop record. We're gonna go clean a beach. You.